You are listening to the weekly podcast of Northeast Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We pray you enjoy today's message. David said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. It's preaching time. It's preaching time. And on this birthday of the Christian church, I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, 37th chapter. The book of Ezekiel, 37th chapter. And I'm going to start reading at the first verse. If you have it, say amen. If you're still looking, say, wait a minute, preacher. And if you're still looking after another minute, tell your neighbor, it's in there, it's in there, it's in there. It's in there. Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. I'm going to start reading for your hearing from the first verse. Here at Northeast Baptist Church, y'all know what we do. We stand on our feet in reverence to the reading of God's word. If you have legs to stand, we want you to stand in reverence to the reading of God's word. I'm going to be reading to you today from the New Living Translation. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. As a matter of fact, in your King James Version, it says that the bones were very dry. Then asked, then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? King James Version says, Son of man, can these bones live? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Let me read that again. God asked him a question. Can these bones live? Ezekiel replied, O sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, and they still had no breath in them. 
Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Verse 14 says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. If I were to take a title for this message this morning, it would be Reviving Hope One Bone at a Time. Reviving Hope One Bone at a Time. I shared earlier with you that I really want to encourage each and every one of you to start attending Hour of Power and all the opportunities that we have to study God's Word. For as children, uh, members of the body of Christ, we all should have a hunger and a thirst to learn God's Word. Uh, for the better part of this year, we have been studying the minor prophets. We started out with Jonah, who, when told to go to Nineveh, decided to take a ship to Tarsus. Uh, now we're in the book of Amos, uh, learning what God gave him to say to the children of Israel. Uh, uh, Jonah and Amos are what we call minor prophets. Minor prophets are not called minor prophets because their message is minor. Minor prophets are called minor prophets simply because God gave them less to say. Uh, 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 but I want you to understand that prophets are called to be God's voice to the people. They are called to preach a word. And in many cases, I want you to understand that they are called to preach God's word in some uncomfortable and challenging situations. Uh, here, here, here in our text today, the prophet Ezekiel has been called to preach a word to the children of Israel. God's chosen people. And for our purposes of context, uh, it's important for you to know that God had freed Israel from 400 years uh, of captivity in Egypt. Uh, as a result of God's grace and mercy, 
he transformed a nation of slaves into one of the most powerful nations in the world. Uh, they weren't the biggest, Reverend Waddy, but they were powerful. Uh, they weren't the biggest, but when God's hand is on you, uh, I want you to know that size really doesn't matter. Uh, God moved them to the promised land uh, and allowed them to occupy a land uh, that was flowing with milk and honey. Uh, they were a mighty and prosperous nation. Uh, but somewhere, somebody say somewhere, somewhere along the line, Israel forgot where they came from. They forgot who they were and whose they were. They majored in sin and minored in loving the Lord. And I need someone within the sound of my voice today that's been the beneficiary of God's blessings, but somewhere along the line forgot where you came from uh, to know that there will be an expiration date to your mess. Uh, everything may seem fine right now, but there will be an expiration date to your mess. Uh, your nose may be up in the air. Your chest may be stuck out right now, but there will be an expiration date uh, to your mess. Uh, family and friends and co-workers may be be fooled by your perceived success right now, but you can fool man all the time, but you can't fool God any other time. There will be an expiration date to your mess. I want you to understand that God will not tolerate your disregard, disobedience, and disrespect always. You want to know why? Because he's been too good to you. He's been too merciful. He's been too forgiving. He's been too kind. And after all that he's done for you, he has a right and an expectation that you would get up off your do-nothing and give him praise for all that he's done for you. He's got a right and an expectation that you would worship him in spirit and in truth. There was an expiration date, Reverend Brown, to Israel's mess. For God allowed Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army to destroy Israel and burn Solomon's temple to the ground. This once great nation scattered, destroyed, and back in captivity again. Oh, how sad it is to receive the favor of Almighty God and then as a result of our own self-destructive behaviors end back up in peril again. Israel was in a hopeless and dead situation. And when we look around America today, when we look around Philadelphia today, when we look around Frankfurt today, it seems as if we are in a hopeless and dead situation as well. These young men and women that are indiscriminately spraying bullets in our community are bereft of hope, having an ounce of respect for the lives of others and could care less if they live or die. 
victims and the family and friends and neighbors of victims losing hope and feeling they're in a dead situation because the same mess keeps happening over and over and over again. Uh, addicts today have moved past marijuana, moved past cocaine, moved past heroin, and are now ingesting flesh-eating drugs because they've lost hope and feel they're in a dead situation. Children that are potentially continuing a downward spiral because they're witnesses to immoral living, criminal and ungodly living. And let me say this, you better watch how you conduct yourself in front of the children that God has loaned you. Their future is tightly connected to your present. And if you want the best for them tomorrow, then you better learn how to live your best life in front of them today. We better stop talking negative to our children. We better stop putting our children down. We better stop putting the weight of our past on our children today and learn how to love them up if we want them to be great in the future. Listen, I may not have called out your personal struggle, but I dare say that we've all been through or are going through some situations that seem to be hopeless and seem to be dead. And let's be real with each other today. Sometimes you just don't know what to do. Sometimes you just don't know how you're going to make it. Uh, is there anybody in here that can testify every now and then you want to give up? Every now and then we overthink ourselves into anxiety and depression. If I'm at your doorstep, just say amen. Sometimes our attitudes take a turn for the dark and for the negative. But what I have to say to you is don't give up and don't give in. As much as the enemy tries to push you, don't give up. Hang on in there. Because we serve a God that never slumbers nor sleeps. We serve a God that will bless us in spite of us. Just stay with me for a few more moments. And I want to show you that hope can be revived one bone at a time. God takes Ezekiel into a valley filled with scattered bones. That's an uncomfortable and unusual place. The text says that God led Ezekiel around the valley floor covered with these lifeless bones. As a matter of fact, verse 2 describes them as very dry bones. No doubt the, the animals had eaten all the flesh and the sun had drained them of any life-giving fluids. My brothers and sisters, it was a dead situation. And in the midst of this dead situation, God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Uh, the answer would seem obvious to those of us that live by logic only. Uh, the answer would seem obvious to us, uh, to, for those of us that only can judge this on what we see. 
You see, some of us are like that. We base our opinions and decisions on what we can see and what we can touch. And that's exactly why things don't go right in our lives. Many times we give up based on what we see, not realizing that our inability to physically see has no impact on God's ability to radically transform. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here that wasn't thinking about what the microphone sound like uh, and would testify that, that as some of us focus on what we can see and we allow that to impact our mindset. But I want you to know that we got to stop worrying about what we see in front of us and realize that God has the ability to radically transform our lives. Oh, I wish I had somebody in the building today that would testify that sometimes it ain't like you didn't see it. Can everybody shout for joy that God changed your situation? That God changed your circumstance? That God changed your life one day? If you can't shout for yourself, can you shout for the fact that He changed your children? He changed your mother and father. He changed your brother and sister. Just like He can do that, God knows He can change Franklin and turn it into a thriving and bustling community again. Somebody tell me, neighbor, God is able. Look at your neighbor, tell him God is able. Tell him God is able. I love Ezekiel's response in verse 3. I love his response. God asked him a question Can these bones live? Ezekiel's looking at a dead situation. Everything around him looks hopeless. But he recognizes that God can see what he can't see. And he submits to God's power and says, Lord, you know. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all, y'all, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. Ezekiel is looking at dead Frankfurt. Gunshots everywhere. God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, Lord, you know. And that's what I need you to do when you're in the midst of a hopeless and dead situation. We need to stop think, trying to figure out what God has already worked out and just submit and say, Lord, you know. Listen, I'm so glad Sherelle Parker was elected the other week. I'm so glad that it looks like she's going to be the first black female mayor of Philadelphia, but I'm very clear on this situation. Sherelle can't radically transform Philadelphia. I'm very clear that it's the church that the church that the church of God will transform this community. But what we've got to do is we've got to say, Lord, you know. 
I wish I had somebody out here today that'll testify with me when it doesn't look like we're going to see our way through. Lord, you know. When the doctors, when the diagnosis is negative and it looks like we may not make it through, Lord, you know when the money ain't right and it seems like we can't pay our next bill, Lord. I have somebody today that'll testify that, Lord, you know. It's the church. It's the church. I love Sherelle, but it ain't Sherelle. It's the church filled with the power of the Holy Ghost that will win souls and transform lives. But the challenge with so many churches today, Reverend Brown, is that we're dependent on what we see. Uh, we have a doctrine that we don't even follow. We're looking at what we see instead of submitting to the Lord and just saying, Lord, you know. As a matter of fact, Pastor Dennis Cox in his sermon titled Bony Christians describes the type of Christians that are blocking the church from being effective in its mission to evangelize and revive hope one bone at a time. He says we got some tailbone Christians. All they do is sit on their do-nothings and do nothing. I wish I had somebody in here today. And they watch everybody else do all the work. Uh, there's a saying in the Navy, all hands on deck. Uh, and, and with all that we're dealing with in this world right now, work from a small percentage of the believers just won't do. But we need all hands on deck. Uh, we need all hands on deck to lift up our community. For youngsters that need mentors, we need all hands on deck. Uh, for those that are addicted, we need all hands on deck. Uh, we got to learn how to speak truth to power. But in order to do that, we need all hands on deck. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Uh, can we revive one? Can we revive hope one bone at a time? Yes. But tailbone Christians must get off of that. Yeah, you know. And realize we need to have all hands on that. We got some finger bone Christians. Finger bone Christians are always pointing their fingers at everybody else. Never taking responsibility for their own actions. They blame everybody for their circumstance and they're never at fault. If you're sitting next to that person, you don't have to say amen. Just look at your pastor. Uh, but, but can we revive hope one bone at a time? Yes. As soon as these finger bone Christians realize that excuses are the tools of the weak and incompetent, which build monuments and nothingness, and they humble themselves. Three-part process humble themselves, seek God's face, and turn from their wicked ways. And the Bible says that God will heal the land. We got some jawbone Christians. We got some jawbone Christians that are always running their mouth, spreading gossip and telling lies. 
They use their tongues to divide and not to unify. Uh, Y'all know any jawbone Christians always saying stuff about stuff they don't know. My daddy used to tell me sometimes you keep your mouth shut and it won't show folk how ignorant you really are. But we got some jawbone Christians that are dividing the church. But can we revive hope one bone at a time? Yes, when jawbone Christians accept what is written in James 3 and 11, that fresh water and salt water can't flow from the same spring and stop using their tongues to raise hell, but start using their voices to lift up the name of the Lord and give God praise for all he's done for them. We got some hip bone Christians. Uh, yeah, yeah. They got all the questions. They got all the complaints. But every Sunday, when the offering plate rolls around, they sit on their wallets and refuse to give. Refuse to sacrifice, refuse to plant a seed in good soil, but have all the expectations that even though they're not planting a seed, that something will actually grow. Uh, can we revive hope one bone at a time? Yes, when the hip bone Christians learn to sacrifice and say, if when you give the best of your service, Telling the world that the Savior has come. Be not dismayed when men don't believe you. He'll understand and say, well done. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for your approval. But I'm waiting on that great getting up morning when Jesus will look down and say, well done. Well done. My good and faithful servant. We got some wishbone Christians. Y'all remember the wishbone, don't you? Young people don't know about the wishbone. Yeah, but y'all remember the wishbone. You pull on one side, I pull on the other side. And the one that gets the biggest piece makes a wish that they expect to be addressed and answered. Uh, there are a lot of wishbone Christians in the church always asking God for stuff uh, but never thanking him for anything. Uh, always wanting more but never satisfied with the overflow that God has already given. Uh, can we revive hope one bone at a time? Uh, the answer is yes uh, when the wishers stop wishing uh, and begin to give God praise uh, for the many ways he's brought them over and brought them out. I wish I had about 25 folk in the building that know that the Lord has brought you from a mighty long way and you're not afraid to give God praise. So you got to appreciate what you got. You can't ask God for more if you don't appreciate what you got. If you got a house and the roof is leaking, at least thank God for some covering over your head. If you got a car that don't get far, at least thank God. God you can get from work and back home again. We got to learn how to thank God. For what we have. Anybody in here just thankful for what the Lord has given you? Huh? You may not have all the money in the bank, but you got enough to pay your bills. Thank the Lord for what you got.
But what the church really needs are some knee bone Christians. Uh, knee bone Christians realize that even though things look bad, look messed up, seem hopeless and dead, I'm going to stay on bended knee and keep on praying and keep on looking to the hills from whence cometh my help because all of my help comes from the Lord. Is there anybody in the building that's going to stay on bending knee and keep on praying? Family might not be saved yet, but I'm going to keep on praying. My life may not be right yet, but I'm going to keep on praying. My body may be racked with pain, but I'm going to keep on praying. My legs going to start to hurt because I'm going to stay on bending knee. My feet going to start to hurt because I'm going to stay on bending knee. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what the Lord needs to do for you, but I wish you'd stay on bending knee and say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, where, where could I go? We need some knee-bone Christians. We need some knee-bone Christians. Oh, and I want you to know that when God speaks, when he answers, we must do what he tells us to do. Because that's what Ezekiel did. See, these dry bones represented the children of Israel. They were lost and in a hopeless and dead situation. But the Lord told Ezekiel to preach a word to these dry bones and tell them to hear the word of the Lord. And when Ezekiel preached to the bones and preached to the wind, I'm going home, Kayla, when he did what the Lord told him to do, the Bible says there was a noise and a shaking at the valley of scattered bones. The Bible says something miraculous happened in the valley of very dry bones and the foot bones connected to the ankle bones. The ankle bones connected to the leg bones. The leg bones connected to the hip bones. The hip bones connected to the backbone. The backbone connected to the neck bone. The neck bone connected to the head bone. And when the head bone is aligned with Almighty God, then everything, everything is going to be all right. The text says that muscles started to form on the bones and skin started 
to cover the muscles, the breath of life thrown through the body, and bones that were dead formed a mighty army. God promised Israel, you would live again, and not just live again, but on the birthday of the Christian church, my spirit will dwell in you. I want you to know today that hope can be revived one bone at a time. Dead Frankfurt can live again. Philadelphia can live again. Your family can live again. Your children can live again. But we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost has power, power to make you walk right, power to make you talk right, power to make you live right, power to make you pray right, power, power, power. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. They killed him on Friday. Everything seemed to be dead. He laid there Friday. He laid there Saturday. But early, hallelujah, early, Early, I wish I had some Baptists up in here. Early Sunday morning, while the dew was still on the roses, he got up with all power, all power. Ain't he all right, y'all? All power in his hands. He stayed with the disciples for 40 days. He told them, stay right there because I'm going to send you something that'll give you power, power to preach, power to teach, power to change whoremongers, power. He blessed them with the power. They stayed there 10 more days. And on that 50th day, on that 50th day, a mighty rushing wind came in the room. The Bible says they were all there together on one accord. And the Holy Spirit came into place. The Holy Spirit gave them power, power, and souls were saved. You want to change Frankfurt? You want to change Frankfurt? You want to see a change come to Frankfurt? We got to submit to God's authority. We got to do what he told us to do. And he will fill us with the Holy Spirit. And we will see receive power to be his witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all parts of the world. How many of you want that Holy Ghost power? 
How many of you know that the Holy Spirit will transform Frankfurt? Tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, say it like you believe it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Tell somebody, it's going to happen. Move around the building and say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, I don't have enough believers in here. See, y'all looking at what you see. Y'all looking at what's in front of you. But I told you that we need to stop looking at what we see and believe that a radical transformation will take place. And if you believe it, move around this sanctuary. Tell somebody, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's going to happen. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Just lift your hands in the air and say, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. Can we revive hope one bone at a time? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. But we got to submit to God's authority. We've got to do what he tells us to do. And then we got to be filled with the Holy Ghost standing all over the building. Standing all over the building. Standing all over the building. I believe. I just believe. I know God's word is true. I know his word is true. I know these bullets are going to stop flying. I just know it. I know it. The Holy Spirit is moving me right now. And I got to... I got to do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. Kayla, hold on, baby. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We'll return to our normally scheduled programming next Sunday. But right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Ah. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. We've got to help people understand that they can lose all their guilty stains. All they got to do is submit to God and accept Jesus as their personal Savior. That's our job. That's our role is to tell people about the goodness of the Lord. And when this world is evangelized, these bullets are going to stop flying. We need to come to the altar this morning. We need to come to the altar this morning. 
We need to come to the altar. We need to pray. We need to pray this morning. We've got, we've got Quadir in Presbyterian Hospital with a bullet lodged in his jaw. But I know the power of praying people. And I know that God can and will heal. I believe it this morning. Sister Sweetie Wilkerson. I just want to put her name at the altar this morning. I went to see her the other day. She didn't have the strength to see me. But I know when I can't see her physically, that we serve a God that has the power to radically transform. Let's pray for her this morning. Let's pray for Brother Michael Bays. I miss him. I miss his tambourine. I miss his spirit. See, y'all don't understand. When, when we come together as church, we become extended family. I'm a member of your family, and you're a member of mine. And when church is done right, when you hurt, I hurt. When your family is hurting, my family is hurting. I want us to pray for Reverend Kilson. We haven't seen her all year. We've talked to her, but we haven't seen her. But I know we serve a God that has the power to radically transform. I, I, I want us to pray a special prayer today over relationships. Can I talk to somebody this morning? Stop acting like you're going to be here tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promise. You sitting around here mad at somebody and don't even remember why you mad. Sitting up here having attitudes with folk that are coming to try to help you. It's not pleasing in the sight of God. And I would be less than a pastor if I didn't tell you that until you clean up your mess, you can offer all the sacrifices you want, our power. You can go through all the rituals you want. You can come to service and be here 20 minutes early every week. But until your life is godly, God is not going to be pleased with you. Keep acting like this is a joke if you want to. This thing is real. It's real. Pray for our young people. Touch them right now. Our young people are dealing with so many struggles. In a lot of cases, some of our young people are forced to be the heads of the household. Y'all miss that. Y'all miss that. They go out and get the groceries. 
they make sure that everything's right in the household. Because mom and dad are too busy doing whatever it is that they're doing. I want to pay for, pray for strong parents this morning. We got to have the authority given to us to be able to discipline these children and keep them in the right pathway. Let a child rule over you if you want to. I'm not going to be scared of nothing that I pay for. I'm not going to be scared of nothing that I feed. Anybody praying with me this morning? The reason some of these children are going crazy is because we've forgotten who is supposed to be the head of the household. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Humble as we know how. Knowing, God, that you are a merciful God. Knowing, God, that you are a gracious God. Knowing, God, that you are the one that created the heavens and the earth. You created the seas, placed the stars, the moon, the sun, and the sky, and you created each and every one of us. And Lord, while some things we see with our physical eyes, they don't make sense to us. While some things we see with our physical eyes grieve us, Lord, we know that where our ability to see stops, your power to radically transform picks up. So Lord, we come to you this morning in prayer. We come to you this morning humbly submitting ourselves to you. We come to you this morning willing and able to do what you tell us to do. But Lord, we're asking for your guidance and your direction. Lord, we want to see Frankfurt transformed. Lord, we want the violence to stop. Lord, we want the bullets to stop. Lord, we want the police to stop having to patrol every corner. We want children to be able to go home to their mothers and their fathers. We want them to be able to go home to people that love them and care for them. We want them to be able to go home and be encouraged to do better. And Lord, we know you have the power. We know you have the power. Lord, we're putting it in your hands. Lord, help these children. Allow them to go to school in safety. Allow them to go to school and get an education. Do not let the limits of their education be determined by their zip codes. But Lord, allow equality and justice for all of our children. Lord, we ask you to bless these parents right now. We don't know all of their struggles. We don't know all that they're dealing with, Lord. We don't know why the tears run down late at night, Lord, but what we do know, Lord, is that you know. Ezekiel said, you know. You know. And, Lord, we're asking you to step in to the situation of parents right now. Where there's lack of money, give them plenty. Where there's lack of faith, give them stronger faith. 
where there's lack of support, Lord, you be the support. Lord, touch our parents right now. Give them strength. Give them courage. Give them the willingness to be able to serve you by loving their children. Lord, we ask you to bless our sick and shut-in right now. Lord, the names are so numerous that we won't even try to call them. But Lord, we know that you are a doctor that has never lost a case. Lord, we know that you are a doctor in the operating room. You're a doctor in the emergency room. You're a doctor in the recovery room. Lord, heal and deliver. But Lord, we don't need you to just be a doctor over our physical. But Lord, we need you to be a doctor over our mental. Heal sick minds right now, Lord. Pull the addicted from those drugs and alcohol. Pull them from all the things that would pull them away from you. Lord, we ask you to bless this church. Touch Northeast Baptist. Don't just touch Northeast Baptist. Touch the entire body of Christ. Allow us to unify, Lord, so that your word may be go forth, so that your word might be spread, so that another soul might know that Jesus saves, heals, and delivers. Lord, I ask you right now as I close this prayer, bless all of those that are around this offer right now. Bless each and every one. I don't know what they stand in the need of, but I know you have all of the supply. So, Lord, right now, allow them right now to trust in you, believe in you, and know that you will supply all their needs according to your riches in glory. Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you for this family. And, Lord, I ask you to strengthen us to be able to go outside of these walls and telling a dying world that Jesus saves. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your only begotten son that whosoever shall believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, this is your servant's prayer. This is your servant's prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the children of God said, amen. 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 Hug somebody around the neck. Encourage them right now. Come on, hug somebody around the neck. Encourage them right now. Tell them everything is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Oh, it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. And sin nurse plunge beneath that flood. Come on, that guilt to stay. Lose all that guilty. Lose all their guilty stain. Come on, come on. Somebody still needs encouragement. And sinners plunge. Come on. Come on. Beneath the flood. 
doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. What a shame it would have been to do all of this worship and all of this singing and all of this preaching without opening the doors and giving somebody the opportunity to give their lives to the Lord. The doors of the church are open. Is there one this morning? that'll give their lives to the Lord? Is there one this morning that will realize that hope can be revived even in a dead situation? All you got to do is give the deacon your hand, but give God your heart. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't wait another day. I'm not trying to pressure anybody, but my job is to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Is there one this morning? You can come as a candidate for baptism. You can come on your Christian experience. Is there one? Is there one? The doors of the church are open. The backslider is welcome. Is there one? Oh, my God. These things? Is there one this morning? The doors of the church are open. Lose all their guilty stain. And sinners plunge beneath the flood. Lose all There is a fountain, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners plunge, everyone standing that flood keep it going I didn't say stop Lose. standing all over the building lose all their guilty stain And sinners plunge Amen. 
Let the church say amen. Has the day been well spent? Has the day been well spent? Come on and give God praise. Lose all. She's here today with her little girl. She said she was coming. Tiana. Hi. Tiana. Come on, let's give God praise. Reverend Brown said she met this young lady at Burger King this past week and invited her to come to church. And she's here today. Tiana, we thank God for you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. We thank God for you. Come on, somebody show us some love. Let her know she's welcome in Northeast Baptist Church. Lose all their guilt, Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.